Keith Raniere would have like blowjob chains because he'd be like, you know what you guys really don't want to do right now is all give me a blowjob. And that's why you should. Because you don't want hey, to. he's right. <laughs> you know what? He's fucking right. How does he know? <laughs> hey, y'all. What's cracking? <laughs> We don't we don't introduce very well on our podcast. No, we don't. I know it's very unprofessional. But Matt Wilstein, Adi Gorin, 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 Gordon. Uh oh, I can't pronounce anything. I had a very intense recently weekend. engaged Adi Gordon. Oh yeah, Ooh, congratulations. congratulations! Shout that out publicly. Do you not want level. people to know that? No, I'm I'm cool with it. It's just it's weird. Like it it does start to like. All my single bits or I can't do any. It's not like I'm doing bits on here, but like you know. I go on stage and I will like people will bring me up it, and they'll yeah. be like, "This guy just got engaged," and then I'm like, "I was planning on doing bits about." Oh, oh. Tonight. oh that's brutal. <laughs> Bad intro. <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna have an Indian wedding? No. You're gonna no, have a no, white no. wedding? Um. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna have a black or... wedding? No, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's a white wedding. It's like it's gonna be. White I, it won't. There won't be any. There won't be any. Uh, it has now become a racist <laughs> symbol. No. There won't be any. There won't be any Indian culture there in, won't in the wedding any. whatsoever. I went yeah. to an Indian wedding once. Uh, I mean, they're fun. Yeah, like I they're they're, they're fun. but they're no. so stressful. Like, why would I want to put myself through that? And I don't identify. I'm not like religiously. I'm not Hindu or anything like right. that. I'm not. I'm I'm an atheist. My you know, fiance is an atheist. I hate that word. I hate atheist? fiance. Oh, yeah. Oh, fiance. yeah, it's really <laughs> tough. It's that. so much better yeah. when you move past yeah. fiance. I call her my lady most of the time. I'll yeah. just be like, oh, my lady. Yeah. Fiance. As long like, as you don't say lady. the lady. The, oh, the lady. When people talk about the lady. The lady. It's the old upsetting. ball and chain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wife kind of is weird too, though. At first, yeah. wife. wife. It's not nearly at as least bad as fiance. At least it's one though. syllable. The, here's, it's, yeah, fiance is worse. Here's how you sure. know it's like just something that nobody gives a shit about because we didn't even make a word for it. We just were like, oh, the French yeah, have a like, word for that shit. What do we have? Shit. Like, yeah, how do we show and that this? We're is not even. Serious? We're gonna like make it like the, like oh, guys get one and girls get the other. But they're still the same word. But guys just get an extra e. <laughs> like I, 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 I hate girls it. Get an extra e. Wait, what? No, no, guys get the extra. Guys e. get the extra. No, no, you're right. G- girls get the extra. <laughs> shit, you're right. But it's said the same, but, but it's, it's written answer. differently. Yeah. Oh my, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. It's even worse. Were you, were you calling? I spelled that Gracie wrong. The wrong time. thing. Yeah. Oh Jesus. no. Yeah, fiancés. It sucks. The whole thing. It's feels way better when you're done being married. It's like you. It's like <laughs> when I'm you're done being God. married. <laughs> Like it's, it's so much stress, so the much old ball and chain. Yeah, yeah. It's fiance. better. It's way better. I'm my like fiance super is outside waiting happy for that's me. Over. My fiance. I'll never do it again. Either. What? I'll never get married ever again. That's good. I mean, I hope I'm with Gracie <laughs> for the rest of my life. But if I were to not be, sure, I would your wife will be thrilled to hear this. Yeah. yeah because would. of the stress of the wedding, or why? It's just a kind of crazy thing to do it's like there would be no reason to ever do it again like there's i it, so many people i know who have been married once are like never right will i get married again there's just no reason there's well, no point it's, it's like you do thing. it once and why would you ever put yourself i was telling the story about my my boss <clears throat> who was on his second marriage and invited all of us to go and we all had to go out of work obligations and it was a total nightmare and oh, i was yeah. pissed Seriously? to even be there did yeah. it did it did it take up your pto 
No, it was on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it was in it was in town. Was Charles in town. is offended. We had to by the, we by had to drive to Claremont. It was hot as fuck. There was no air conditioning. You're not getting paid for that day. No, right. we but we had to show because otherwise it would be it would looks bad if you don't show. I'm like, this is absurd. That's it when you got to come bad. up with a really good. He excuse. had it in Claremont. Yes. What a dick. And I don't think they're married anymore because he was banging chicks in his office. Ooh. Wow. Hot gas. Yeah. Hot gas. Not a, not a good guy. Isaac, are you happy with the way you did your wedding? Do you wish yeah, you would have I just am, done actually. a courthouse? The only thing I wish, and I wish this for most things in life, is that I'd gotten less fucked up at it. Really? I was wasted. Yeah. I, can, I, I can attest to that. Yeah, and it was not Are you a married, uh, it was not married dude as well? No, no then Isaac was, was fucked was up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, was, oh, gotcha. But not, yes. But yes. Yeah, it was not a good... Uh, I wish someone had told me, don't drink all the drinks people give you, because that's what I was doing. See, and I had a weird thing at my wedding where I felt like I, I drank a lot, and I couldn't get fucked up. Yeah. It was like a weird adrenaline thing where it was like, I was doing shots, and then like... But it like didn't affect me. Yeah, I that didn't, you didn't happen. happen. You didn't happen. <laughs> I, I wish. It I'm, had, I'm really I remember when you showed it. up at your wedding and I was there, because you just rolled in at the same time I did, and you were... I just looked at you and I was like, mm. "No, you mean at the after party? I wasn't drunk at the pre party. No, at the wedding when you showed up after the the party, the gathering you had before your wedding, and you sh- you arrived at your wedding location. When we, I wasn't drunk then. I was fine. I wasn't. I, you know, I was already drunk at like you were on drugs. You were you were pretty messed up. I was really yeah. No, <laughs> I was not. What not. drugs were you doing? Were you like just doing lines of coke off of people and? No, <laughs> but <laughs> but not a lot. I mean, no, I was fine. What? What did I seem? I seemed weird then. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What did I seem like? I, you, I was probably just like really you were stressed. extremely drunk. What? Yeah. At the main ceremony? Yeah. No, I wasn't. Okay. But you weren't doing like nobody acid else said that. No, 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 that would be really crazy. Nobody else said that. Right. No, nobody else said I seemed really drunk during the actual wedding. Thing. I mean, not when you're up there. Well, maybe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, but when you when you arrived, you definitely seemed like you'd been doing some things. I think I was just at that point. I was just really nervous. Okay, I don't think I was really too. drunk at that point. Yeah. I would love for the not a huge fan community to to vote on this for me. So I've been trying to convince Jasmine to have our wedding on October thirty Saturday October October thirty first, twenty twenty, Halloween. Hallow, Hallow wedding, spooky, scary. Uh, I think it would be a great idea. I think with, we could really pull it costumes off. Costumes and all. With, yeah, yeah, costume wedding. Like just well, not like costume, costume. Like like corpse bride style. You know, just like oh, staying on know. theme and then doing it like dark, like dungeon wedding. Like you know, going going all out with the decor. How's that going? The convincing. Oh, it's it's not going to happen. She laughed. <laughs> she laughed like twice, and then the third time was like, "I'm." No. But seriously, though, if it had no. been this year, if it had been this year, you could have done a Brexit wedding. <laughs> what would that consist of? That's like, on October thirty first as well. Is that the hard the hard Brexit? Wow, yeah. exciting! The hard Brexit. The hard Brexit. And the hard Adi on the same day. <laughs> That's weird. That's yeah, that's, that's weird. Nobody like that. Not a comedian, guys. Not a comedian. Nobody like that. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about these uh, crazy articles that have been published in New York Magazine. New York Magazine doing some really great, like weird story stuff. Uh, they get published online under the cut, which is their women's vertical. I learned recently, but I don't think there's anything specifically women focused about these stories, other than they involve women at times. Um, 
But before we talk about the two really good ones, I want to talk about the one really shitty one, which is called the Battle of Grace Church, which is basically a completely entitled uh, rich people article about a controversial headmistress at a nursery school for Brooklynites. Wait a second. We, this was not in our... No, I know. I'm not, I'm not talking about it any length. I'm just saying oh. if you want to go read a really bad bit of New York Magazine journalism, oh, this is the, the piece okay. de resistance. We're talking, uh, about, okay. We're talking about New York Magazine because all the pieces today are in the cut. Yes, all in the cut. Their, their, their branch, which is killing it right now. Yeah, because the women's vertical. These two, it's women's. It's a women's vertical. Oh. See, Isaac was not listening during one thing I just said. <laughs> no, I just it's also it's confused. listed as a fashion blog, which I think yeah. is just yeah. That so, was like the original intent. I think it's I think it's evolved. Yeah, I mean these the stories are great. So anyway, the Battle Grace Church. If you want to read just like somebody bitching about the headmistress of a nursery school for rich people, uh, this is pages and pages of that. But the ones we want to talk about are called. Larry Ray and the Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence and uh, The Most Gullible Man in Cambridge, which are both kind of a similar story about getting wrapped up in weird, uh, almost cult-like situations and how that transpires. Yeah, and why these are happening more, it seems like more and more, like these people are kind of getting wrapped up in kind of vague cults because also Nexium just happened, which Mm -hmm. is a similar story. Yeah. Um, so the the, ba- the very basic outline of the first one, The Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence, is this uh, bunch of uh, people are living together in a dorm at Sarah Lawrence, which is a very small uh, New York school. And, Liberal and, Arts and, College, where yes. my wife went. Yes. Gracie went to Sarah Lawrence with these people. Oh, she, does she, she know them? She, yeah, she knew them. Oh, she have, was with, have with these girls. Yeah, she actually said that to me today. Like, how are you not having me on for this? Oh. And I know this guy, Ezra Marcus, who wrote it. She, he, I met him. I so I went. Did he go to Sarah Lawrence as well? Yeah, yeah. somewhat like this man, old man who went and stayed there. <laughs> I, I stayed when I was like twenty-seven at Gracie's dorm for a week. Nice at her college dorm. You could have been this guy. You yeah, could have been Larry Ray. I yeah. didn't have luck. I didn't have luck recruiting the That's other girls. <laughs> so this man, Larry Ray, is the father of one of them, and he. And he just got out of prison. And she's like, oh, my father just got out of prison. Can he come stay with us? And they're like, okay. And You have to also just, let me give a little bit of a setting of Sarah Lawrence. Yes. Sarah Lawrence is a tiny, tiny school that has a pretty good reputation. It used to be all girls. And then it switched to being both. But it's still only about 20% yeah. men, it's maybe 30. It's still a great place to be as a, as a straight dude. As a straight dude. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of women. And it is the gayest school in the country. It is like every person is transgender. Every person is gay in some way. And it's very uh, body positive. It was funny. Imagine. I'm a man. I like yeah. men. Imagine going to visit somebody at a college. I went there and I met one of her best friends. I'll not say her name, but let's call her Kayla. Okay. It's not her name. But, uh, and I met Kayla. I was like, oh, look, this is a nice Kayla, pretty. Within five minutes of meeting Kayla. Uh Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's predict where this goes. Is this a trans woman? Is this a lesbian? (laughs) Or is this a polyamorous person who wants to get involved with Isaac? None of the above. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I walk in and she's like, oh, uh, come look at my studio. So I go into our studio and she's like, here's my studio. And on the wall are like 10 naked pictures, pictures of her like opening her vagina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, here's my art. This checks like, out. hello. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And that's. She's put it on Patreon. 
Yeah, that's that would be more lucrative. Callback. Too bad that episode might come out later. No, they all come out. In order, okay. Anyway, so it, just to give you an idea of what it's like, it's like the tiny New York school that is the most ultra ultra progressive place you could ever imagine. And like deliberately weird. Deliberately weird. It's like the weirdest people go there. It's like all people looking for an idea. It, it's important to have that that knowledge when reading this article because it really informs a lot of the behavior and decisions of the people of that, the people. Yeah. yeah. It's like people looking for a uh, community maybe. Is yeah. So the basic timeline that takes place is he moves in and he slowly starts ingratiating himself with the majority of the people that are there and they go all the way through the semester. And then in the summers, he takes them to an apartment that his friend owns. Am I getting that right? Named like Lee Chen or something. Yeah, Lee Chen. And uh, these kids keep living with him even though the situation gets weirder and weirder. Like he starts sleeping in the room of one of the, the girls in the dorm. And this line made me laugh. Talia's boyfriend at the time, Talia is Larry Ray's daughter, remember seeing Larry and Isabella reclining on Talia's bed. Larry was stroking. Is, this is a 54-year-old man, by the way. And like, Who has moved into his daughter's <laughs> dorm room. You better have that, down, that Dan sound clip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You want a daddy to take your panties off? Larry, oh, was, Larry was stroking Isabella's hair, soothing her. He's like, nobody's going to hurt my baby girl, the ex-boyfriend says. Larry said he was going to start sleeping in Isabella's room, an arrangement that made the boyfriend uncomfortable. You're acting like I'm going to be sleeping with her, with her, Larry responded, but I'm going to be sleeping on the floor. She needs someone to help her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and it goes on and on and it goes on for does it go on for years or it yeah goes on, several several years like some of the people that that live in the dorm like there's one guy who lives in the dorm and his sisters one of whom is like a graduated medical school and one is some other high level yeah, uh, they, all, they all have very good degree education and, yeah. they start hanging out there and getting involved with uh with these things. Larry returned to Sloan 9 for the spring semester, spending most of his nights in Isabella's room. His house meetings and family dinners continued and to some started to feel mandatory. One night Larry gathered, this is a great line. One night ga Larry gathered everyone in the common room and began lecturing on Q4P, a philosophy based on the supposition that all energy in the universe is powered by the quest for potential. Q4P was the brainchild of Larry's friend, David Birnbaum. <laughs> A diamond district dealer who moonlights as a philosopher. Oh, David Birnbaum sounds great. No, so so, why is it that all the one thing that all these kind of culty things have is their own weird terminology that's lots of abbreviations and like yes. numbers and stuff. Yeah, which people just like are attracted to that. Scientology is like that too. Oh, so they love it. In Scientology. They love. They love. This is very. All this shit's very similar to Scientology. It's right. like very culty. This guy made his own mini Scientology. Basically, yeah. No, dude, Nexium is a hundred percent. I did Scientology no. for like a month. Oh, really? Yeah, I did it. This like, to these, like try it. I also yeah. went on the do fucking Nazi still, podcast. I just do still, the crazy yeah. things. Do they, they still, still follow like, you? That's my yes, biggest. Do they fear. still call me. They still call me. Is oh, that right. if I if I every I, now and I think about oh it'll be fun to go in there and just see what it's all about. I'm like they'll never leave me alone. They do the fucking hard sell, but you know who's worse is Equinox. No, but you know, oh my god, Equinox will call your ass every day. You should be on board with Equinox now. That should be your that's your new that's your jam. It's your guys. Have you joined yet? My hate jam. Yeah. 
but but no but like uh now you've gotten me with that equinox line but like this stuff always hits close to me because i uh i be, i have a lot of family members that are just like have gone from cult to cult really yeah wow. just like they're really susceptible to that, you know, and and like I'm I'm reading this article, just getting pissed, just like you fucking idiots, ah! and like and then when like the Harvard chick got wrapped in, and then the yeah. Columbia chick got, I'm like, oh my god, like these are normal people. This is a doctor. What yeah. upsets me is that they're hot and he gets to bang them. That's why I can't get over. <laughs> I love this line also in terms of why people get involved in cults. This is one of the 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 kids that was in there, and he says, I didn't want to go back home, and this was my alternative. Daniel says part of why I got in a cult at all was because I had no idea how one finds a place to live in New York. <laughs> that's, that's a great line. That's not a cult. That's just cult. <laughs> also, also Living this in publication, this publication, this is how you know that like NY Mag is just like, oh shit, we're not, we don't have all of our best authors working for us. So we're going to call it the cut. This one's going under the cut <laughs> yeah, because, right. because they published nobody else's last names except for Talia and her dad and this Daniel guy, well, this because well, some requested, said, yeah, some yeah, requested, yeah, it was okay. like yeah, everybody else was like, please don't use my last name. This dude ha- didn't happen to say that, but like they should have had the wherewithal to be like, well, we're gonna ruin this guy's life no, by publishing. This no, thing. I'm sure he, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure he fine. gave them permission. Who would ever hire this guy again? Like, like who I would mean, ever he, hire him? He gets it the worst. Um, this yeah. Daniel kid. You, you scrolled past a good line too that I really liked. Uh, this ev- one? Every morning that summer in the apartment on 93rd Street started the same way. Larry would blast the Who's Baba O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's basically <laughs> me in college. <laughs> like that's I would like wake my fraternity members yeah. up in this exact that way. That was very like, <laughs> very yeah. evocative. Yeah, yeah. Every morning, just that that uh, yeah. keyboard yeah. started. Yeah. <laughs> Can, no. can you imagine waking up to Bob O'Reilly every day? I, I'm not even Reilly. kidding when I say this is literally what I would do like to my fraternity mates. That's like I would pu- totally pull that. Did you guys do gay stuff in your fraternity? No. Sorry. Not at all? Sorry to, to, to Why are you, you apologizing? Down. I'm just kidding. What fraternity no, were you in? No, no gay stuff. So you're all gay. I'm a man. I like men. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Delta Tau Delta. It's Dorks Till Death was our nickname. Cool. No, I'm just kidding. We were pretty cool in, at, at GW. Did you just make that up? Uh, no, that's death. just what they were called at oh. other schools. You know what we were called in the South? Huh. The Rainbow Fraternity. <laughs> Why? Because we're gay. That's just what it was stuff. once called. Um, the, uh, I picked out a lot of Daniel stories because they're all the best. And th- <laughs> these are some of my favorites. The meetings would often end in breakthroughs that followed a disturbing dream logic. On one occasion, Larry convinced Daniel that the reason he played the ukulele... <laughs> was because of trauma inflicted on him by his father. Larry told Daniel to smash the instrument in front of the group as an act of catharsis. Oh, that's so good. That's like, do you know what the bassoon is? It's a cry for help. Fleabag. Have you seen that? I, Fleabag. Yeah, like, have you, you seen Fleabag? No. You're yeah, listening yeah, to this, or you're like reading it and going, oh my God, like this guy... He's a psycho. Why would they ever trust him? Think about how good of a con artist he would have to be to be able to get people to join a cult led by a dude named Larry. <laughs> His name is fucking Larry Ray. Yeah. And he's a dad. That's the other <laughs> yeah. great Apparently part. he was like super charismatic though. And he convinced them all they were like coming after him. He's yeah. so similar to the guy who started Nexium. It's like they're like the same person. Anytime somebody starts talking about their like... Sp- like, just look at this guy. He's so weird looking. He's so Colonel Kurtz looking. Yeah, very Colonel Kurt. He looks like, uh, remember my old boss that I would complain about? The evil man who uh, was involved really with my suspension. They really got these picks down. Suspension. Yeah, they got him down. Well, he participated in, in the writing of this 
Uh, right. Which is also hilarious because he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get anything to get my name out there. They describe him in the article as short and overweight, but still very physically imposing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. There's a long story, like a, a sort of a detour about the past of Larry Ray and how he's connected with all these like New York City weirdos, including Bernie Carrick, who was... Uh, if you recall, briefly going to be George W. Bush's head of uh, Homeland Security until they found out he had employed an undocumented nanny. Which would not be a uh, disqualification in this era, No, it I don't certainly think. wouldn't. Yeah. He'd be one of the more qualified people, in fact. Um, Daniel experienced the worst of Larry's attention his senior year after Talia missed the application deadline for Stanford Law School. Larry accused Daniel of intentionally sabotaging his daughter by distracting her. In a confession session that night, Daniel denied having anything to do with the missed deadline. Unhappy with Daniel's denial, Larry crushed pieces of aluminum foil into little balls and rolled them up inside a string of saran wrap, fashioning what Daniel described as a necklace of metal lumps. Larry called it a... How do you pronounce that? A garret? Garote? Um, In front of the group, Larry ordered Daniel to wrap the contraption around his testicles and penis. Then Larry began twisting it. The metal cut off circulation to his genitals and dug into his flesh. Jesus. And it, it's at that point when I'm like, how, like, how are you standing there and going like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I, Because I, what they say is, it's the, the whole thing is, I'm trying to make you uncomfortable, right? Right. So the reason you're allowed to do all of the most appalling shit to them, like in the Nexium case, literally branding his initials on their like vaginas, is because... The answer a cult leader always gives to, wait, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this, is because it's the one thing that makes you the most uncomfortable. So that's how they get to do all this appalling shit. And that's how, whatever the Nexium guy's name is, I wish we knew, but uh, <clears throat> Keith Raniere, that Keith Raniere would have like blowjob chains. Because he'd be like, you know what you guys really don't want to do right now is all <laughs> give me a blowjob. And that's why you should. Because you don't want hey, to. he's right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He's fucking right. How does he know? <laughs> like, I, the, my, my problem, and I, I, I keep speaking about it like holistically. I know we're moving through the article. But like, no, it's fine. my problem is that throughout this entire article, it, there's no culpability on these kids that are like, I understand they're like kids and they're you know in this vulnerable place and they're kind of weak-minded and they shouldn't be preyed upon like i get all of that but also they're not 100 like some of the stupid shit they were doing or like being convinced that they did like when the when the girls went and helped out at his place in north carolina and then had to pay two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> because they broke something and then like went to their families and were like no we have to pay off this debt like what the fuck is wrong with you you're but, an adult person yeah yeah but they don't i mean in their defense like they don't they don't really have any life experience that's going to tell them otherwise. And the other article we talk about is... A, is if a, anybody ever asked me yeah. for $200,000, I'd immediately be like, ah, yeah, No, off. there's <laughs> personal responsibility. Yeah. What are you, a Republican? <laughs> no, there's got to be personal responsibility I mean, somewhere yeah, here. Man. I definitely had like weird landlords in my 20s who asked for money and we were like, fuck you, no. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I'm just trying to like... I had an even evil Armenian slumlord here in 2006 who made us like clean up a leak for him and pay for it ourselves because he was a fucking just pure slumlord, <laughs> and we were too young. I love that we were race, too young to know that. The evil Armenian. <laughs> no, I mean he just happened to hey, be bro. Armenian. I'm not saying hey, he was bro. Armenian. but I'm just saying he. Uh, 
So in that sense, I do. I mean, that would cost three hundred dollars though, not two hundred. Isaac, you pay for these holes. He was oh, like, yeah, "How about you pay for it?" I remember him literally. He was like, "How about you pay for it?" Because we couldn't. It was like a very prominent league. I'm just saying when there's like there's so, no yeah. external adjudicator for you to like turn to well, but because you're parents, kind of caught in this situation where you don't have any I mean part of what the occult does to you is removes your sense of of what actual reality is. And in a real life environment you're going to go, "Well, of course it's absurd for me to pay $200,000 for damages that I did to a property I was told to go work on." <laughs> but there's something that about the way that he operated that stripped that that rational thinking away from their minds. So Mm -hmm. to me, I just wonder, like, do you, if you guys were in a situation like this, I mean, do you think that you would go in on the cult or would you be independent minded enough to not be? Definitely. I wouldn't go into the cult. No way, man. I mean, I was a little kid when, when uh, we used to go to prayer meetings in the basement of some lady's house. And there was like a, like, I don't know, it's like 60 year old white dude named Panda, like (laughs) giving us directions and taking us through weird cult activities. And like some of the, some of the descriptions of, I think it gets later in there and they describe um, like Isabella and some of the, like her relative is describing her. And that's dead on. That is the same thing I saw with some of these people where they're like, uh, kind of like dead behind the eyes but like putting on a happy face and they're just like life is so good and their smile is just like it's grotesque their smile is just like unbearable to look at because there's just nothing behind it you know and um it's like ugly smiling but uh yeah i mean because i've been through that experience i definitely for sure know i would not get sucked in why do you (laughs) think it's ugly smiling like would you think because it's just dishonest it's like uh you know, like the Batman cartoons where they show the Joker smiling. Like it's not actual smiling. It's like, it's like fake. Yeah, put on. yeah. It's like I'm it's smiling. like it's like a performance of a smile. Yeah, like it's, it's black freaky. black it's hole scary. sun music <laughs> yeah. video smiling. Remember? Or like Apex Twin, Apex. Yeah, Apex Twin, Apex Twin. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, Old I've, been in, I've been abound. in like prayer circles before where like everybody closed their eyes and just started smiling, and they're like, "All right, now everyone smile." And I'm like looking around and, and you just, just like, feel like, what the fuck? Holy is shit. This some shit? of these yeah. people are related to me and like, I don't want to be <laughs> here anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's crazy. Well, they feel trapped too. You know, the people that are in and they have those ugly smiles, there's got to be a feeling of just not able to get out of the situation. So they're just going to like put on the most acceptable face for it in the moment. Yeah, I mean, That's the, what I think these people in this article had like <laughs> many of them seem to have loving parents that they yeah. could like, su- that would support them. They weren't, you know, um, suffering, you know, f- that the guy couldn't find, figure out how to find out an apartment, but I'm sure if he had like asked his parents, they would have paid for an apartment for him in New York. Like it's just, it, it's, I think there's certain people that you would be, think would be more susceptible to this. And I, it, I found it kind of baffling that these like well-educated people fell into this, which I guess well, is a testament also, to his, his powers. Yeah. I mean, it's also, if, right. if you threaten to take me out of your life entirely and you're not dependent on me, like you've, you've declared financial independence from me. So there's no real way where I can force you to stay in my life. I have to play along if I want to keep you in my life. Right. Like I have to 
like you all of a sudden they're not your kids anymore and they're, they're these other yeah, people I, I found myself feeling really bad for the parents of reading yes. yeah that was the worst part where they're like they're lost i know i've lost especially them. the santos guy because yeah. his sisters yeah. he roped his sisters into yeah. this thing and it's, it's like, like immigrant family yeah. paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to yeah. this man for nothing they lost their house they lost their home Ugh. yeah Oof. like like the next one too and think yeah. about how much so that home would be home. worth right now that's really the important takeaway. Highland Park. That's how you know. That's how you know I've like have aged into like. Anytime I hear about like, oh, so and so lost their home, I'm like, oh my god, I wonder if it's on the auction circuit right now. <laughs> Is there any cults? New cult turnovers. There's cult houses going. The last, the last Daniel story I give is this is the one that got him to to leave. I think, and that's probably for the best. On one of Daniel's final visits to the apartment, he told Larry he was still feeling unsure about his sexuality. By the way, for people listening, Larry would go in and watch Daniel fuck Isabella or Talia, one of one of the girls that he would go in and like mentor them. And sometimes he would invite his landlord <laughs> in to have sex with them as well. And from the very beginning, Daniel was saying he thinks he was gay. Right. And, and Larry told him, no, no, you're not. Yeah, you're not gay. I'm <laughs> telling you. By the way, he's... He, that guy identifies as straight now. Yes. he's He has a girlfriend. Daniel? He, yeah. yeah. He did, you did, you did some research? No, it's no, at it's the end. Not, it's at the not end. after this story comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this. Daniel remembers Larry replying, go get one of your dresses, Larry told Isabella. In front of the assembled kids, Larry told Daniel to put on the dress and retrieve the mail from the building's lobby. When he returned, Larry handed Daniel a dildo and ordered him to penetrate himself. Daniel followed Larry's command as his friends laughed at him. Wow. And that is like the level of control that. That was the last straw, though. It always yeah. ends in in uh, ass yeah, anal insertions. Why is that? It's like in uh, the corrections. Sorry yeah. to spoil that entire book for anybody who reads it. Is there ass fucking requiem for a dream? Uh, yeah, right. Wait, it's I remember always... that requiem for a dream. I don't butt remember fucking. the part of the corrections. Yeah, what happened? Corrections? Who gets fucked in the ass in the corrections? The guy is putting stuff up his ass because he's trying to get the shit thing out. In the last scene, remember there's the room at the bottom of the basement where like nobody can ever go in and the dad's supposed to be doing like weird engineering shit in there and he goes in and he's like got tubes stuck up his ass. I got to reread the end of the corrections. I don't remember It's like the horror. It's like the horrible room is the dad's in there like putting tubes up. I remember the shit monster. Yeah, the shit monster. He tries to get the shit monster out with the tubes. That's the whole point. Well, basically everything that came out. research this a little more carefully. (laughs) Everything that came out like post-1970 until very, very recently, like the biggest fear that could possibly happen to you is you're gonna get fucked in the ass (laughs) that's the worst fucking thing people die but that's like not the word like pulp fiction pulp fiction like pulp fiction fiction, the villain like people are dying left and right but the real villain of the movie he just gets fucked in the ass there's a stephen king short story where this uh that's basically like the the flashback the main character has is he's a little boy and he goes to the library and there's a library policeman who like takes him into the bushes and rapes him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I remember reading that as a child and being like, hmm, this is uncomfortable. Library policeman, great anal rape scene. Jeez. In, in, into that type of thing. Speaking of okay. anal rape, <laughs> the most gullible man in Cambridge. All right, this is the second The Cut story that we are talking about. And this it is- It also a- came out recently. And they, they clearly have some sort of like new, they must just be- 
searching for these well, stories. Well, she writes that she was contacted by the main guy in this story because they both grew up in the same neighborhood. He was just a little bit older than she was. And I he... would never be able to face somebody that was in the same neighborhood. If I got put through this bullshit, <laughs> I would never be able to he face He was them. trying to get the police involved, and they're like, we, we can't do anything about this. So he instead went to this journalist and told her this entire story, which is quite the yarn. But it's the, the basics are it's this Harvard Law professor named Bruce Hay, and he's in his early 50s and he is living with his ex-wife and they still have children together and they kind of have a don't ask don't tell deal about flings but they're not supposed to get involved with other people he gets approached by a woman who tells him he's attractive on the street in a hardware store in a hardware store and she like apparently is like wearing a big jacket but then like sexy clothes underneath right was in Tags Hardware in Cambridge, Massachusetts, near his home, when a young woman with long reddish-brown hair approached him to ask where she could find batteries. It was still very much winter, and once the woman got his attention, he saw that underneath her dark woolen coat and perfectly tied scarf, she was wearing a dress and a chic pair of boots. When he directed her to another part of the store, she changed the subject. By the way, you're very attractive, he remembers her saying. How did he describe chic pair of boots? Did he say, and a chic <laughs> pair of boots? Very, what did he tell her very so chic. she wrote that? Or the writer? <laughs> Um, she told him her name was Maria Pia Schumann, that she was born in France, but her father was the American songwriter Mort Schumann, and that she was in town from Paris en route to New York. Ruined his music legacy, guys. Ruined it. <laughs> and she really so is. is. She really is yes, the daughter. she really is the daughter. I was sure that was going to turn out to be not Yeah, true. right. The way they put that yeah. made it seem like it was totally fake, yeah, it was, but then it, it was It's one of the true parts of the story. Yeah. But she's actually British, or she's from, she grew up in London, I think is what it said. Um Schumann also, t- and this is where Isaac's going to go insane. Schumann also told him about the friend she was staying with, Misha Hader, a brilliant trans woman pursuing a doctorate in physics at Harvard who was struggling with crippling depression. Hay, who also battled depression, listened with particular interest. Wait, before you go insane, can I go insane real yes. quick? So I was, you know, curious at this point. I'm like, what do these people look like? So I Googled Misha Hader, and the first thing that comes up, or like, it's like Huffington Post's profile on uh, Misha Hader because she's a contributor. She's got several articles that it turns out this dude got her the gig with Huffington Post. Yeah, right. yeah. You can see but, pictures of these but people. But they right? never took oh, her shit here, down. Right? Like, they haven't taken her down. Like, she's still up there. Like, our esteemed contributor with, like, a little bio about her and, like, yeah. a picture H- and Huffington Post shit. has... Uh, they, they're not worried about that. They, they have so okay. much uh, they have so much stuff up. Yeah, from, right. From from that's their ago. strategy is just endless shit. And I guess this just happened. This so just came out. <clears> this the, Schumann woman convinces Bruce, they have sex like once or twice and he doesn't come like that's firmly established in the story yeah, because he, doesn't he actually, has medication right because yeah. he's on he's on Xanax so he doesn't even care yeah. want to fuck anyway he just likes the attention basically yes and he likes helping which is really the the undergirding principle of this entire thing is like SJW liberalism <laughs> like intersectionality progressivism gone wrong like that's what this fucking is it's like he got like that like, intersectionality out we, of his house can we basically. depoliticize this one guy yeah. I mean, yeah sure you can add that no that, I, la- I mean, that layer yeah. in there but at the end of the day this dude like I, I know it says the most gullible man in cambridge but he's not really gullible he's a masochist because even after he figures out what's going on like he's he's realized what's going on but he's still like oh no though i gotta do right by them he like realizes like his wife 
brings reason into it and logic into it. And at first he's resistant. And then the article is like, yeah. And then he started to be less like he started to realize that she might have a point. And then he went through with it and also tried to sell it. Yeah. Just so everyone listening knows what happened. She claims that uh, he has fathered a child with her and that the the, the, the swindler. Yeah. Maria Pia Maria, Schumann. Maria Pia Schumann says that uh, he impregnated her, even though he didn't come. And the chances of that actually happening were very low. So he starts getting involved with these two women and begins creating like a little miniature family. But the reason why he doesn't ask for a paternity test is pretty interesting because he thinks it would offend her because exactly. she was a she is, described herself as a lesbian who never sleeps with right. men and made an exception for him. Right. So that he and, felt like which, it would be insulting to ask for a paternity test and suggest that maybe she had slept with other men. Yeah, which it's is like, it's like the situation... The well, no, it's like the situation <laughs> where you see somebody robbing the house next door, but they're black, so you can't call the police because you don't want to be racist, and then the people get killed next door because you didn't call the fuck it's just like that (laughs) so i'm just saying it's like there's all this fucking intersectionality going on in here that's (laughs) that's preventing him from act from from, preventing from him from seeing clearly because he's he's obviously getting fucking swindled and he's not instead of if it was a dude he'd be like yeah duh no but instead it's like but but that's just much more simple than if it was a dude he wouldn't have fucked the dude and that he wouldn't have gotten this idea in his head there's also a love there's also a love thing going on there's also i think yeah doesn't have to be politics that that makes you behave stupidly it's you know often... what i've realized though about people out here and people in these fucking <laughs> urban environments here oh wow this Dude, is about to the, be a... no listen the the what are you i'm just waiting i'm waiting <laughs> the what am the, i gonna press the, I don't know. the excuse of pity is so fucking strong all i'm saying is like his falling for her saying i have this depression suffering transgender partner and I'm having a baby and blah, blah, blah. He's like kind of but, falling for the pity party. But it's, not right? the, it's not just the pity because A, it's allegedly his child. So he feels some measure of responsibility. Yeah, true. And B, it says in there that he felt sympathetic because he too suffered from this depression. Now, how true that is, we don't know. But that's the basic reason that's given. So it's not about pity so much as it's kind of, this guy's probably very... Uh, empathetic and wants to do right. Yeah, he's very empathetic. Well, he's and then the, the other empathetic. part that the obvious so not part. Pity. It's not a pity play. Like, she's like, this is your kid. Like, it's not pity to you, say you that. You think they were pushing, like, Cambridge liberal buttons? Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm trying to, to say. Sure. I feel I mean, like they you know, knew that, exactly which buttons that's, to press. That's probably know? there for sure. But there, the other part of this is that is that this dude wanted it to be his child, right? He he was hearing this and it was what he wanted to hear because at the end of the day, he's living with a lady that he's divorced from that he has some kids with, but they're basically in a platonic partnership. Yeah, that yeah. Part, he was, wants that part was pretty sad, I think. That, that was a real root of the problem right there. Yeah, that true, was with true. the wife who they... they don't get... They just not they even don't sleep into together, each other. Yeah. But they also... You said that they have this don't ask, don't tell thing. Later, the wife... They quote the wife as saying that they didn't have that and that she, right. and that she felt like... They live together, don't sleep together, but also are not allowed. This is what happens when you get cucked, guys. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he got cucked. No, but he is is attractive, though. That's the thing. I also thought we were going to... Wait, who's attractive? The guy, the professor is attractive. Like, he's a good-looking guy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's like not bad looking. Like he actually kind of is. Like it's, I, it's sort of like feasible in a way that this girl would want to go after is that this him? guy. Yeah. 
Wait, zoom in, zoom in. He kind of looks like your dad. He looks exactly. <laughs> like oh, dude, you dad. you have daddy issues. Yeah. yeah, that's right. When my dad's also a professor. Oh. <laughs> and do, I could totally they, actually I hate to say just, it, but I could totally see this they describe him of, of, as resembling George Stephanopoulos in the in the article oh yeah the poor yeah. George Stephanopoulos the poor dude's like not doing anything right now and this is what's gonna show up so we didn't get, we didn't get to the craziest part of the story okay so okay. they they eventually get him to give up his computer password because they need it for some <laughs> uh, obscure reason and he turns it over to to this pair, and then they have him sign a bunch of documents so that he thinks because they're moving to Cambridge in this house that she bought, it's to help with storage unit. But what it actually turned out to be was he signed a lease giving them uh, permission to live in his house for $1,500 a month, and they got a moving truck to move all of his shit out. <laughs> And move their stuff. <laughs> this is into when it becomes house. a full-on horror movie. Yeah, this is just—it's like, dude. And here's the personal responsibility. It's like, okay, motherfucker, you deserve <laughs> it now. Like, if you're that dumb, you deserve to be getting getting gotten. Yeah. Can we go to the part where they say, "Why am I doing this to you? Because I just hate the patriarchy." Oh right, that's let a me, great part. Let me find that. What I love is that they I got just him to sign this F lease for fifteen hundred dollars a month, rather than just making it for like. Ten dollars a month. Like they could have picked any number. Yeah, but they yeah, picked yeah. like fifteen hundred dollars. Reasonable amount. <laughs> we just That's really fair. wanted to live in that house. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that reasonable because it was like a three point yeah. one million dollar yeah. house. That like fifteen yeah. hundred. That's a pretty. That's a steal That's for a, a lot, big house. A lot of school professors don't make that much money. I actually think it was a thousand because they gave him a check for three thousand dollars under false pretenses to prove that they had already paid the security like, deposit. First yeah. last and security deposit. Um. Yeah, the the end. Uh, in May 2018, Hay received a barrage of text messages from an unknown number. Find a way to connect if you want a chance to take the last exit before hell. Take my word, you ain't seen nothing yet. I promise. Oh, and as to your quest for motives, don't bother. I just really hate the patriarchy. That's it. Yeah, so she, the evil person, gets to convince herself that she's doing something good because she is doing it to destroy the patriarchy instead of just totally swindling this poor yeah. man. Did you read the follow-up? Who deserves it because he's a fucking idiot, to be oh, honest. But. No, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I, yeah, the follow-up is crazy because oh, I didn't six other dudes. Yeah, six other dudes oh, say so they had chronic thing. the same encounter with this woman showing up and telling them that they were attractive and none of them really fell for it to any significant degree. Like one like, fucked okay. her and thought that she did the same paternity test thing. And it, they used a condom in one and it was a broken condom in another, but it never really went any further. So with this guy, she really nailed the exact type of person that this scam. It only worked on him. It's it worked great seeing that she tried amazing. it on six other people yeah. and it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's That's impressive? Yeah. I mean, you think about including like when college you, students. When you when you write a pilot, guys. When you when you present a pilot, you've brainstormed this pilot. You've got it down. You go pitch it to FX or Comedy Central. They say no. They say fuck you, Audi. Get out of there. <laughs> You you keep going. You keep you keep running that pilot by people because it might get picked up, guys. It yeah, might get it picked did, up. It finally, it's got to strike the right person. It makes me wonder what the relationship with between her and her transgender person is like. Like, you know what this really reminds me of? Have you guys ever read American Pastoral? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it reminds me of the daughter and her friend who are like scamming. Mm -hmm. You know, what's his name, Levov, and it's like it kind of it seems like. Are they sitting around plotting this or is this really actually a way for this girl to go get laid 
You know what I mean? Like, does she actually really want men? Is she, no, is, she, is she delusional or is she calculating? Is the is Pia the Maria person just going out and basically doing this for sport? Mm. And then, well, but I think, I think she's doing it for money. You, you think here it is very intentional. Here it is. It's, at just, the end. it's very. Yeah. It's at the end of the update. Um, in fact, the friend says Schumann always had a serious boyfriend, but it wasn't until she met Hater that she became obsessed with men. She changed when they became friends. I noticed in the last couple of years of knowing her that there was a serious preoccupation with men. I don't know why she had nice boyfriends, long-term relationships, and she was now suddenly single, and she was out there trying to meet up with a lot of guys with a use them and abuse them kind of feel to it, says the friend. She had never been like that before. I assumed it was like she was young, free, and single. She and Misha were both very obsessed, something about going out and picking up men and finding hot men and wanting to hook Mm. up with men. It was just off. Um after reading the New York story, the friend was reminded of one of their last conversations. I remember she said, I love corrupting these really waspy Bostonian guys. The impression I got was if she picked up a guy, told him he was really hot, went back and slept with him, and then discarded him, she felt like, I'm in control, I'm so powerful, I used him, I tossed him aside. She liked the idea of corrupting what looked like these innocent nice guys. Whoa. She definitely didn't discard them. And then this poor guy (laughs) happened to be, well, this one poor guy happened to be the case where she was pregnant, right? I mean, it's not like she was no, doing the most. No, I, oh, I didn't. She get, wasn't actually. Yeah, pregnant. she was fake pregnant. Oh, I thought she had the baby. No, 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 no. no. But she did have kids, so I think she, she had, may have orchestrated some. Because there was one where she was like, she had the, she did it with some guy yeah. and then had a kid, but it was actually two years later after they slept together. Or were so those yes, haters? Kids. Yeah, it was like two years later. Because Hater had kids too. So hater, they, there are kids. Yeah, yeah. That's but I don't so know whether nuts. was she. She wasn't pregnant at all. After in, in that, time. I think she was getting pregnant by Wait, some. Hater guys. had kids, but isn't Hater a trans? No, they had kids together oh. because they were like a couple raising this family. They actually did have children because the kids yeah. came and lived in the house with the women when they took over the house. So there was an actual. So the kids are between Hater and her. I don't think we know. They're, yeah, they're like a random assortment of kids. Jesus. I think be, because she was banging these random dudes. What I love is is this Bruce Hayes like ex-wife is the only one that thinks rationally in this situation. <laughs> yeah. It's the only one that's like, did you, why didn't you get a paternity test? Like that doesn't make any sense and yeah. kind of gets him more out of this mindset, I guess, because she's just not wrapped up in it. So did, is this guy's house now just, it's gone? No, they're back in it. How did they get them out? Do we know? Uh, they ha- it was a whole court process because I think they had to prove that the lease was signed incorrectly. Like, yeah, because if you sign that lease... If man. I was the wife, if I was the ex-wife, right? If I'm... What's her Zach's? Yeah. If I'm her, I'm not letting Bruce Hayes back in. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no you idiot. Like, yes. No. Yeah, Is he yeah. back in the house? You're yeah, clearly, yeah. You're clearly the biggest well, threat to this family. She knew something crazy was going to happen because she had his name taken off the title. Yeah. yeah. Like ahead, and that's what, ha- that's what allowed them to get the house back, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because he didn't have the uh, legal ability. Do you guys think he would fall for something like this? What's 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 your take on this? No, I'd be one of the guys that banged the girl and then never talked to them again, no matter what they said. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I just, I, I think like I, I wouldn't, I would definitely, I mean, it, first of all, like, you know, hopefully I don't end up in that situation that I'm like a dude that's living with my ex-wife, you know, that's <laughs> not getting any, can't get it up. Like that's an awful, he's like, his life is hell. Yeah, he's just <laughs> pumping fucking yeah. whatever he's, whatever antidepressant oh, he's God, taking yeah. so his dick doesn't work. Jeez. Um, but 
like let's say I was in that situation, I'd definitely ask for the paternity test. Like that's an obvious like Especially if you didn't ejaculate or like some of these yeah. other guys used yeah. a condom. <laughs> that's the best part that he didn't yeah. come and and, and that, still that wasn't okay. the end of it. He's like, well, there's a very rare chance yeah. that my pre-com yeah. might have had yeah. sperm they in it They get into the, the science of that time. for a few paragraphs. He just <laughs> wanted it to be his kid so bad. Yeah. He wanted it. Yeah, yeah, he wanted this dream. He wanted the dream of like having a beautiful young girlfriend and also helping the cops. And you know? he wanted their families to like conjoin. Yeah, he wanted to have like a group family. That was super original. And I just love that he's like living and teaching his class. By the way, teaching judgment classes. Yeah. <laughs> For Harvard Law, which he, which he acknowledges like, judgment. The irony of- yeah, he teaches about judgment and decision making. Like <laughs> but, but in law school, yeah, that's mm. one of that's one of the. What do you think the first day of that class is like now? <laughs> is he just like, all right, guys, <laughs> let's no. talk about bad judgment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a picture of him. We didn't. I don't think we mentioned that he got that he, he got. Jesus, sorry. Don't hit the table in <laughs> yeah. laughter in a podcast. How did you even? Is that, that is that a podcast first? That was funny. I think that was <laughs> the first officially... time I've ever laughed like that. Good job, buddy. Just knocking. That was really good. I didn't realize he was a judgment professor. That's hilarious. this thing is you, fucking not. No, it. it's because you continually uh, okay, like sorry. nervously <laughs> twist it all the way off. No one else has this problem. Uh, Just twist whatever. it on there. It's okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> you got to twist it all the way around. Like the actual thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to cut out that entire part. So uh, keep the so, part where he laughs so hard that yeah. the yes, mic drops. Yeah. Who, here's to hoping the cut comes up with more juicy cult stories yeah. in the future. Do you, really I, I have a question. Do you think either of these stories would make good movies? Oh, hell yeah. They've both been the options. Fir- the already. first one, definitely. The second one is like, it's so, such a downer. It'd be like a lifetime movie. It would be you know pathetic. I mean? A great like, lifetime movie. Like, great great lifetime. if you amp up the drama, kind of like uh, the you, horror yeah. drama the, aspect. The, of it. the first one is like an ensemble cast. I mean, Starring uh, like Ansel Elgort and yeah. like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> These Paul, are like airy. Oh, that's Paul good, Giamatti, man. maybe. Who would be the like ultra charismatic fat guy? <laughs> it would be like it would be like uh, too bad James Gandolfini's dead. But yeah. like uh, yeah, he would be good. Yeah, somebody like him. As I was saying, Isaac. Ari Aster should direct these these, these yeah. films. Yeah, I could see that. I could Perfect. see that. He's so great at setting. I I did. Did you see? I did. I did see Midsummer. Yeah. I liked it better than Hereditary, actually. Yeah, I thought it was way better than Hereditary. He lo- the setup was so good, yeah. and then it just kind of wait. You didn't away. like the end of Midsummer? No, it's too Dude. much. It's too. I was so bored by that point. But the beginning, but the beginning of both Midsummer and Hereditary, Hereditary are both like. Isaac so. and I both told people to be quiet during screenings of Hereditary and Midsummer. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> at our client. Yeah, at ArcLight. I know, I know. Dude, he, no, I, people, yeah, exactly. Because which you don't talk at the fucking no, ArcLight. Which ArcLight? I literally said, to? if you want to talk, go to AMC. That's why I said that. <laughs> no, because, <laughs> I because I've had this problem at ArcLight. Every single time I go to a movie at ArcLight, I am going to the ArcLight in Culver City. But even the ArcLight in Hollywood, the, people are so fucking disrespectful there. I watched. Uh, I'm gonna shout. I'm gonna shout some people out. I, we went to the ArcLight. Um, oh boy. No, I won't. Sh- I won't. I won't name names. But we went to the ArcLight, and it was people I knew that were on the other side of the theater that walked in late, and they were like talking amongst themselves while the movie was going on. Dude, that's so not ArcLight behavior. Yeah, it's that's not. like you can't do that at fucking ArcLight. You can do that in other places. Maybe then, ArcLight Culver City. And, so, and then the other person, the other person, <laughs> I'll shout out. This is this is Fonto, Fonto Frenzy, who's a who's a. I don't know. Has he ever like done your? No, he hasn't. He's. He's a funny comedian. Uh, he was sitting next to me when we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
and like he was at like the 35 millimeter screening too right so these like these two people sit down next to us and one of them like as they get by they're like excuse me i'm hiv positive these are our seats what and then (laughs) so this happens happens. they sit down i'm like i haven't looked over yet though i'm just like kind of talking to my my like you know my fiance and we're just like oh what the fuck's going on and then i look over and it's fontel and he's high as a kite he's like hey did i come here with you and then and then Fonto uh Fonto throughout the movie he was like getting his phone blown up the whole time so oh, he just no. like wasn't really watching and like that's a movie you really have to pay attention to that's so he just terrible. didn't get it and he was Wait, just, like so this, this was the person oh you knew the person I knew him yeah he was like oh, the dude sitting next to me it was like he he wasn't that, that wasn't really disrespectful so much as his like his phone was getting blown up but it did like you're saying it's not his fault that his phone was getting blown up. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's, that's absolutely. Yeah. He's also yeah he was way too high to be in a 35 millimeter screening. So Fonto, what is the the type of film? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because like the 35 millimeter screens for people that like seriously like respect the, sev- the, the 70 millimeter yeah, screen. Yeah. No, because yeah. no, Quentin said just... if you if you I shot it in 35, oh. so you go watch it in 35. He did say that. Yeah. yeah. It's not okay to make noise in any if digitally projected 70 <laughs> IMAX 3D any any of the above. Two first, me slamming this in the worst story that's ever been told on this podcast. <laughs> How is that the worst story? <laughs> it started. It was like an Ari Aster movie. It started strong with the totally me, fizzled out, and then it just crashed and burned. <laughs> you can <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> just keep saying, no, leave it. You keep saying Fonto. <laughs> Fonto, my boy Fonto. <laughs> so everyone, go to New York Magazine, the cut. Uh, nymag.com and check out these two articles The Most Gullible Man in Cambridge by Kira Bolinick. I hope I'm pronouncing that right and go to uh, oh there's a update on that one as well and also The Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence by Ezra Marcus and James D. Walsh very great uh, pieces of journalism. Yeah, good job, Ezra. And very good man. strange good weird stories but yeah I like the cut. I don't know why it's considered a women's vertical um yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem, it seems like it's been way more than that. That's just good journalism, man. Yeah. Just good old-fashioned journalism. It's nice. I mean, what do you think? Do you think this is like super professional or is it kind of like candy journalism? No, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. I think, uh, I think they did a, they did a good job. There's a couple, yeah, there's, there's a, some weird stuff in some of the articles. But, yeah. Um, like over-inclusive a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What but, does that mean? Wait. Over inclusive. There's just a lot of information. Oh, okay. In these things I thought that you, you could like, probably get rid of. And it's like, clear. I mean, there's a dark Ezra's <laughs> really young. Ezra's like Gracie's age. Yeah. And I met, I met him. That was one of the criticisms of the articles that he didn't disclose that he was a student at Sarah Lawrence. Yeah, with her. No, Gracie knew all these people. Yeah. Gracie right. said. So the rumor on campus when Gracie was there was that this guy was banging his daughter. That was the rumor. Mm. That's what everybody thought. Of course, yeah, he was sleeping thought. in her room. Like yeah. he was. No, his own daughter. Not like the No, friend. no, no. He was sleeping in her room. He was sleeping in Isabella's yeah. room. Yeah. Which no, no, is no, the different. No, no. When, when, when he was daughter's at, room at Yeah, first, yeah. Think, he was sleeping first. on like on an air mattress in her room, but nobody knew. Like that was that was the thing. Was that, oh, right, right. That's where yeah. it started off. Yeah. yeah. But everyone was like, I don't know. It's Sarah Lawrence. You know, it's we're very open-minded. It, right. And also the they told the dean. Somebody told the dean and the dean was like, well, we can't stop a father from visiting his daughter. That was a weird line. That's a weird excuse. It's like, I just don't want to do anything basically yeah 
I think you can stop a father from moving into your campus. Right? Yeah. You can stop anybody from moving in like <laughs> off campus. Yeah. You yeah. can't do that. Did nobody complain? Yeah, that's a great point. Did nobody file? No, so many complained and they yeah. didn't do anything. There were several, several complaints. And then, and then apparently like when they all graduated, that same guy was like, oh yeah, thank God they're finally gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, you clearly were getting that many complaints yeah. that it was like worth doing something about. Yeah, and you did, did nothing. Thank God I did nothing. And now the problem is over. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can get away with a lot at Sarah Lawrence, I guess. <laughs> okay. Got what a downer. <laughs> you can get away with a load, Sarah. So you can get away. Take away. My final thoughts. Gentlemen, your plugs, please. Uh, plug my uh, my bi-monthly show, Chain Reaction, <laughs> and I'll also plug my social, Audie Gordon, A-D-I-G-O-R-D-A-N. Check out his friend Fonto. Yeah, yeah. check out Fonto <laughs> Frenzy. Yeah, that's right. Fonto, Fonto is fun. I think he's on Facebook as Fonto Fonto. So. Why hasn't Fonto been on? Fonto. Sounds like a joy. Get, you gotta, guys gotta get Fonto <laughs> gotta on. gotta get Fonto on. Yeah, next gotta get time. Fonto on. Fonto's from the Soviet Union. Oh, I like I And he's Russian. Armenian. He's yeah. part Armenian, so you're gonna offend him twice. You're great. I love Russians. <laughs> Um, Russians. Uh, all right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein. Uh, my podcast is The Last Laugh. Uh, we got lots of good uh, episodes, interviews with comedians. Got Jim Gaffigan coming up. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik coming up. He's pretty great. Um, yeah, it's the big ones, the big names, big names. Jeselnik is cool. We've talked to. I'm him. very excited about. Je- I'm, yeah. and I'm, that's happening in a couple of days. You so. want to? That's cool. That'll be fun. This is a great Anthony Jeselnik story. Okay. Matt. you'll love this. All right. Um, recently, we talked about Anthony Jeselnik, and Isaac explained to me that Anthony Jeselnik's onstage persona is not <laughs> actually. Uh, how he really is. Like the entire thing is fabricated. Oh wow! <laughs> that well, was very. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find out. I'll, very, I can report back. Right. V- very right. insightful. Yeah, <laughs> he thinks that's very obvious that everyone knows that. <laughs> but how much of his persona is in him? Right. Exactly. Exactly. That was my point. No, it wasn't. I don't. <laughs> anyway, okay. You were telling me what. <laughs> you were. T- you're telling me literally how his one-liners worked. Yes, that's true. Did you also explain to Charles how sometimes people might be hard on him because he's part of the LGBT community? Did you do that as well? What is that a reference? I don't know. To? It's just like you explaining. Uh, oh, mans- I mans- get it. like a mansplaining, yes. mansplaining, yes. white explaining. I, I comedy explained. That's what we do. <laughs> comedy explained. Listen to it. That would have been a good title for my podcast. Comedy, comedy explained. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That would have been good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's plug time. Thanks for listening to this episode. We're going to do a few plugs real quickly. Uh, Join our forum at nahf.boards.net. We have some fun conversations happening there. Not really, but if you join, it'll be more fun. You can email us at notahugefanpodcast at gmail.com. Call our voicemail line at area code 213-262-9544 and leave us a message. Again, that's area code 213-262-9544. Subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and write us a review on iTunes. Pretty please. It's so helpful if you do that. 
Do all those things and don't fucking text me. Yeah. Leave Isaac alone. Do not text me your thoughts about the podcast. Yeah. Send them to the email or post them on the forum and we will respond there and it'll be great. Right. Uh, And then my social media is all Funzaroni, including my website. You can follow me there. Thank you. How do you spell that? F-U-N-Z-A-R-O-N-I. Funzaroni. Funzaroni. And why is it that? Uh, It's a name I picked ages ago and now it's too late. Yeah. To go back. Sounds erroneous. Uh You can find me at IsaacSimpson.com. That's my website. Uh, it's a portfolio website, so it's a lot of my work uh, in the advertising and journalism and brand creation world. But uh, you can also find ways to contact me there. Um, and also, uh, I don't really do socials, but you can find me on medium that's probably the best place to to find me or linkedin i enjoy being linkedin so just linkedin isaac simpson and you can uh, talk to me there that's it thank you for listening goodbye bye don't text isaac